Welcome into episode 202 of the Source Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. The Source Say Podcast is presented by our good friends at Condado Tacos at the Summit at Fritz Farm. Stop in to see our friends at Condado to try some of their summer features like the mango guacamole or chicken bacon ranch taco. They've also got happy hour deals like the $6 house margaritas Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. We love our tacos at KSR, so the partnership with Condado was perfect to fuel our crew for the big week of Bahamas coverage. Thanks to Condado for all of your continued support. I am very much looking forward to getting back home and uh, and get a, getting a house margarita and a very nice, delicious uh, taco. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, very happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I am fantastic, Jack Pilgrim, and I'm sure you're feeling even better considering that your scattering report from the uh, shoot-around yesterday was a success. Praise all that is good in this world. I am not the jinx. I finally have gotten that St. Peter's bad, bitter taste out of my mouth whenever I watch a a shoot-around, and I know what I see with my own two eyes, Sean. I knew against St. Peter's. I know what I saw. I know what I saw. I ended up being wrong, but I know what I saw, and it just felt very good to know that Monterey Tech is – the team that I thought they were, Sean, uh, not a uh, one player standing above six foot five. Uh, I think the guy that was six nine or whatever he was listed at barely played at all anyway. Uh, so uh, physically, they were who we thought they were. Skill wise, they were who we thought they were, uh, and it results in a one hundred two to forty victory over Monterey Tech. Sean, let's get some quick takeaways out of here. Uh, what did you think of Kentucky's absolute just bloodletting of a victory? Uh, Aduthiero getting the start there and playing more, I think, what, 22, 22 minutes, 19 seconds. So some extended minutes for him yesterday. I thought that was very well-deserved, and I thought he played well. Uh, to me, the, the biggest thing about this trip, especially through the first two games, you're going to have some overreactions, obviously. The competition isn't what everyone what it's going to be when they get into November, December. But you're getting to see some of that chemistry that this team is building in August they're pulling for each other. You're seeing the bench going crazy. They're they're playing hard. That is the takeaway for me. But when it comes to comparisons, and we go back just a few months to February, March, and this last Kentucky team, the athleticism that this team has compared to that team, that is something that stands out for me that is significantly improved. And I think that's going to bode well for them on the defensive end, turning teams over. That is clear regardless of the level of competition we're seeing being played right now. Yeah, and I thought Chin Coleman put it best after the game ended. Uh, he said, "Look, we understand what what they were. We understood, you know, the the assignment. This was Kentucky versus Kentucky. This was not Kentucky versus Monterey Tech. This was a what can we do? How can we make a statement?" The night before, uh, John Calipari said in the film room, "We want to uh, kind of go out there and prove that we belong. That we prove that this team has a chance." They did that on the first night against the Dominican Republic National Select Team, and then they go uh, back out against Monterey Tech, a team that. Um, so Cal described, uh, Sean, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Sean, uh, Cal described the first team, the Dom- Dominican Republic team, as a mid-major team and beat them by 52. Uh, how would you best describe uh, what, what Monterey Tech, the, uh, the group of talent, talent quote-unquote, uh, that they put together for that one? Uh, it certainly wasn't mid-major, may not even be low-major. Yeah, my, my middle school basketball team. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not going there with that. No, uh, just Kentucky had a significant advantage in size. When we're talking nothing taller than six foot five, I mean, 
when you're talking Damian Collins, Oscar Sheboy, Kentucky's guards. I mean, we're we're talking their guards are almost as big as as the uh, tallest player that Monterey Tech had. So th that first game, comparing it to a mid-major, and if you're beating mid-majors by 50, I mean, my goodness, Kentucky's going to be pretty good because there's some very good mid-major programs out there in college basketball. Uh, I, I do think that what they're going to see next on Saturday is a significantly better team. It's a successful program in its own right, and the competition will be better than what it was on Thursday night. Yeah, and we caught up with uh, their head coach, Carlton's head coach. We're going to end the show with that, a full 12-minute interview. Uh, we had a great time talking to him, so be on the lookout for that as well. But, uh, yeah, Sean, I, I just you know wanted to run through some of the uh, individual takeaways, some of the individual talents that uh, you saw you named Adu Thero uh, and kind of his growth. And, look, yeah, he got kind of singled out in film study the first night. Uh, after the first game about just kind of, you know, some defensive laps, lapses. He allowed 33.1 points per 40, uh, 40 minutes. Cal said that's just not going to cut it. We like what you did, uh, you know, jumping the passing lanes, getting some kind of scooping scores and, and you know, knocking down the three-pointer. He did some good things. Uh, but overall, you know, he needed to be better defensively. I thought he was much better defensively as well, Sean. I, I thought that was definitely a step in the right direction. Um, but I just loved his his attack. I loved his mindset. I loved his uh, – I, you know, was putting this – they thrust me into the starting lineup. They clearly thought something of me, uh, and I want to make the most of this opportunity. And he certainly did. Uh, he finishes with 13 points on five of seven shooting, one of three from three, two of three from the free throw line, six rebounds, two assists, uh, one block in 22 minutes. Sean, uh, about as good of a of a debut in the starting lineup, even if it's an unofficial one, uh, as you could ask for. Yeah, and, and when this trip started, I was wondering how much we'd be talking about him. I, I, did, I thought it was going to be one of those stories that we kind of follow as the season progresses and then going into next year. But, no, he's, he's kind of been one of the, the main talking points and discussions out of the first two games. John Calipari in that interview with you all yesterday was talking about how when he came to that basketball camp of his in Lexington, he was five foot eight, and that was like his eighth-grade year, freshman year of high school. Uh, and there's obviously comparisons there when it comes to huge growth spurts with Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis was already at that size when he got to Kentucky. This kid's still growing. To me, his his ability to rebound at his position, Cal talked about him playing off the basketball, on the basketball, how that has helped him in getting attack mode, set others up. Jack, I'm starting to get to a point, and like I said, we're going to overreact. When this when these four games are over, we're all going to be talking about some people are going to be like Kentucky's going 40 and 0, Kentucky's <laughs> going to a national championship. I'm trying not to overreact, but the more I watch him and I see him on tape, I think he's going to find a way to play some minutes this year for Kentucky. I really do. Yeah, it may not be, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game, but I, I kind of it kind of reminds me of the Dominique Hawkins role that uh, you know, that, that he had his first year where he comes in and he makes a statement in the NCAA tournament, a, a guy that they needed kind of that spark plug off the bench defensively. Uh, and that's exactly what he provided. And, and that's what we saw from him. The, the, I mean, literally nine seconds after he entered the game uh, in that first game against the Dominican Republic, he comes passing lane, gets a steal and I mean, just completely blows the game wide open. I mean, the, it, it was always out of reach, but that was kind of a, a moment where it was like, oh, okay, we might have something here. And that's what we needed to see. That's what this trip was about, just finding little individual moments like that. But, you know, like 
Chris Livingston. He's another guy that yeah. the first game he had that two hand strong rebound. He starts taking it and going, and then he he has that hits that cross court pass to Lance Ware in transition for the flush, and it goes whoa. Okay, that was something. Like that was something. Ignore the competition. Ignore who you're playing. That right there was something. You're looking for individual somethings with each player. Uh, and uh, you know, definitely there were plenty of those with a dude Thero. Uh, I thought Chris Livingston, again, 14 points, five of six shooting, uh, one for two from three, three for four from the free throw line, 10 rebounds. Again, this is a kid that is rebounding his butt off. He is attacking the glass. He's proving that he wants to be a grab-and-go type player for this team to push the uh, you know, push the ball ahead and, and start, you know, get, get the ball, start the offense. And that's something that uh, you know, again, we were talking about his role. What would he be? Would he be comfortable being a four? Would he be comfortable being a three? Would he be comfortable being a two? Uh, and and like we talked about in the last show, Sean, I thought he did a tremendous job kind of, uh, again, second game in a row proving that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be defining me in any role. Maybe uh, the, the reason why I'm so valuable is is that you can't. And, and that's the, the way you get on the floor, right? You don't pigeonhole yourself into just doing one thing or just being at one spot. You you be that positionless basketball that John Calipari started talking about years ago. I, I really think that Livingston just get on the floor as a three or as a four. I love his energy. I love his athleticism. I love the way that he can go up and get a rebound and run and lead the break. That is another takeaway for me. What, what what was the word on the board? Was it run or play fast or something that John Calipari had in that first meeting? Fast. fast. So here's my thing. Kentucky's got eight, nine guys that have the ability, well, probably eight, to grab a rebound and lead the break and get out and run. Regardless of what the competition has been for the last two games, you're seeing Kentucky playing with a pace, whether it's a made basket, missed basket, they're getting the thing out and going. Last year, it felt like Sabir Wheeler was the guy. Like, he was the one that would have to get it and kind of push the tempo. Kentucky's got a collection of guys now. And then one more word on a Duthiero there. I was concerned about Kentucky's depth at guard if they had an injury. Seeing what he's been for two games and seeing his ability to kind of chip in and make some plays and then earning a start last night, it's kind of eased some of that concern that I had about if they do have an injury at some point. They Now I feel like they have some depth there that they can get something out of every single one of those perimeter pieces, and then you can slide a Toppin or a Livingston and play some three there and buy some minutes as well. Yeah, and while we're talking about those guards, again, Cason Wallace is just Mr. Stable. I think he is a guy that that – uh, you know they're they're trying to figure out what he can be as an on ball, uh, you know, facilitator, playmaker. He was definitely more of the on ball role last night. Uh, I talked to his dad shortly after the game, just you know, asking you know, how how things went. Well, I was doing a story on him about his uh, history as a football player. Is really cool story. Uh, his dad described him as uh, a Cam Newton quarterback in the past that he loved, uh, you know, playing football and 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 all of that. So that that part was fun. But uh, in the process, I was just asking you know how he thought. His, his kid played and he was like, yeah, I thought it was, this was exactly what we were looking for. Uh, just, you, you know, figuring out what he is as a point guard. Can he be a primary point guard at this level? Can, you know, or is he better off ball? Is it going to be a catch and shoot guy? Uh, what, you know, how much growth can we see with him as a primary facilitator? Uh, and I thought last night was a great example. His numbers didn't necessarily jump off the page, seven points, three of five shooting. Uh, he had that catch and shoot look and transition. That was absolutely beautiful uh, from three, uh, and then he adds four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. So, you know, uh, another just another typical day at the office there for Cason Wallace. But uh, I thought he did a lot of really good things there, Sean. I, I do too, and I, I love his game. I love what he's going to add to this team. 
he's going to be one of these pieces that you see early in the year, what he is in November. Like last year, Kentucky had a lot of older guys on its roster. And we got – and we started talking about, well, what is the, the ceiling for this Kentucky team? And we feel like, honestly, they peaked in January. They have some guys on this roster that are going to continue just to kind of chip away and get better and better and better as the year goes along. A Livingston, a Case and Wallace – there are some young pieces, Damian Collins. The upside that this team has, and I think it all starts with Casey Wallace in the backcourt. I think by the end of the year, he has a chance to be their most dynamic guard that they have on the roster. And let's uh, you know move quickly through uh, kind of the end of this game and kind of start transitioning because, again, it's a 62-point win. There's not a whole lot of takeaways, uh, but there were seven players that finished in double figures, Sean. I think four of them had double-doubles. I think you had uh, the players we haven't mentioned yet, Oscar Shibway with 10 and 14, Jacob Toppin with 12 and 11, uh, Xavier Wheeler with 14 and 10, and I believe that's the last one because Livingston was the other one with 14 and 10. But uh, some of those other guys, Sean, Mr. Stable and, and Mr. Consistency, uh, they're hand-in-hand hand at the starting point guard, starting center position. You know exactly what you're going to get out of Xavier Wheeler uh, and Oscar Shibway at this point. They proved that yet again uh, on uh, Thursday evening. Yeah, I thought it was good to see Wheeler bounce back and, and have a better game. I know the, the first game there on Wednesday night, it, it wasn't his best. It was kind of Cason Wallace was the guy leading the charge in the backcourt. But you you see him there with uh, 14 points, 10 assists, only one turnover, two steals, pushing the pace, pushing the tempo. The play that he made getting downhill and then firing the ball out to the corner to Chris Livingston, that that's from Xavier Wheeler right there. That is him at his best, making plays, pushing the tempo, and doing things. Then Oscar Shibway, obviously, when you're talking about the size advantage that Kentucky had, eight offensive rebounds for Oscar, that is exactly what Oscar Shibway is supposed to do, just anchor the front court, do the things uh, that he does. And uh, I, th I thought those two were excellent. And can't go – you know, and, and uh, the – the game recap without talking about C.J. Frederick. He finally made a, bu a bucket. We saw him make his first basket as a Kentucky Wildcat. Uh, that was a great sight to see. Nine points uh, on four of seven shooting, one for three from three, and he adds three rebounds and one steal in 15 minutes. I thought it was another very impressive, uh, efficient performance. His first bucket was kind of that off-balance, like Michael Jordan one-handed floater in the paint. I thought that was uh, pretty impressive. He, we get to, get to see him knock down a shot um, off-balance three from that left wing. I thought that was impressive as well. Uh, but it, it just was good to see him get a shot fall, get to, to, to see the uh, buck fall. We even saw a lob to him from, I believe, uh, Chris Livingston threw him his first lob yeah. of his of his career. Uh, he talked about it on Twitter after the game. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, a guy like C.J. Frederick is not known for being a rim-running uh, uh, lob catcher, but uh, we got to see him in action doing that. Uh, just that on uh, Thursday evening. So uh, shout out C.J. Frederick as well. I thought that was a, a very impressive performance. Uh, glad to see him finally get a ball, fall through the hoop. Yeah, I believe the the most impressive play by him, though, was the one that he caught and drove middle and kind of went off of, of two feet there and scored early in the game in the first half. I thought that was one of the most impressive plays because if you can put the ball on the floor and make a play like that, it's going to allow you to have more freedom to catch and shoot. It's going to make guys kind of close out hard on you or maybe not close out as hard, and then you're going to have that space to pull that three. Uh, one thing about him, he missed his free throw attempt. And looking back at stats a year ago, I'm not getting picky here, or from that sophomore season at Iowa, he shot 67% from the free throw line. For a guy that shoots the ball as well as he does from three, it needs to get back to what it was that freshman season of 79%, 80%. So I, I want to see him hit those shots, hit those free throws, and be a guy that Kentucky can have on the floor late in games that can cash in at the free throw line and not just be a great three-point shooter. 
uh, before we move on to the game, and you know, we're going to go quick, just kind of some quick takeaways about who Carlton is and, and what to know about them. A uh, really cool, really cool uh, scene today, this morning. Got to be a part of uh, the Samaritans' feet. Um, event here and at uh, the convention center here on the floor, uh, they you know use their one day off. You know instead of going out on the boat, you know they're gonna have some play time and, and enjoy the water park and do all that fun stuff. But they spent the entire morning washing feet and giving back to the community, handing out shoes. Uh, you got to see John Calipari. You got to see all the the entire roster. They really really thoroughly enjoyed that uh, experience. Uh, you could tell that uh, that was something that they wanted to do. It's something John Calipari has done several times, and it's something he's taken pride in uh, but you know just really cool Sean to uh, see them continue to use their platform for good and do good things and be out in the community and do different things uh, that was something in the film room the very first film room that we got to see uh, he said make sure that you use your all's platform for good you, you have an incredible platform with the University of Kentucky basketball program it's the premier it's the flagship like use this for good you you can do a lot of really cool things as a member of the Kentucky basketball team and this is one of them I talked to Savir today um, during all of this and he just kind of said you man this is a surreal surreal experience you know being from America having all the blessings that I have personally uh, you know you wake up on a Christmas morning and you expect a pair of shoes under the Christmas tree. And he was like, that's something that you don't really think twice about. You take those opportunities for granted. And then you see a line out the door. I mean, th the line was wrapped around this entire room, Sean, of, of all these kids in need of, of shoes that, that they don't have shoes. And they came in, there wearing flip-flops, muddy flip-flops. I mean, it was like, it was a, a really kind of sad sight to see, but it really overwhelmingly positive thing as well because you got to see them you, you know receive that and and the players it was kind of a help me help you at the same time the players got you know kind of that fulfillment of okay uh, this is humbling i needed this at the same time the kids get what they need uh, sean i thought it was just a really cool experience and i was glad uh, i was able to be a part of it yeah that's what i was gonna say you got you got to do that as well and you got to experience that so just what was that like for you you know getting to participate in that and i know uh, deb moore from youth athletics and stuff i saw the pictures and i'm sure that that was something that you'll remember yeah it, it was just one of those things that i i was taking all you know all the videos and and just kind of uh experiencing it from afar and then you know toward the tail end of the uh morning there was a kid just sitting there by himself um you know the players had already left because the camp was going on at the same time they were all on the floor and there was like one or two kids left that were just kind of waiting for somebody to give them their shoes and it was like oh i mean it just kind of ripped my heart out it was just like man this kid's just like so patiently waiting for somebody to come up and and you know help so i was just like yeah you know deb was there with me and we were like yeah let's jump right in let's make this happen so it was just a really cool experience it was just kind of a um one of the main nil people actually the guy that's been sitting next to coach cal in every game where he changed his shirt at halftime and he kind of caused an uproar uh, on social media about who this guy is, this who this Jerry guy is. Um, he was standing there next to me, and he just looked at me. And you know, we've never had a, a real conversation. He just kind of in passing said, "Hey, what's what's going on?" But you know, out of the blue, he just looked over at me, and he was like, "Man, how does this not soften your heart? Like, how can you look at this and not just be overwhelmingly, you know, just you know, melt your heart?" And I was like, "Man, I know it's it's just a, a really cool thing, uh, a really cool thing to be a part of." And I'm glad. Uh, UK is continuing to use their platform for good. Uh, I really enjoyed that experience. So let's um, transition a little bit. Let's get into the Carlton talk. Uh, not going to go long because we're going to have his uh, Carlton's coach on to tell you everything that you need to know about them anyway. So, uh, Sean, 
Uh, they're known as the Giant Killers. They have, have you know, made a statement against several high-profile programs in the past. They've gotten a couple upsets. Uh, they're a little banged up. They actually just lost last week to Florida State and uh, Northeastern. Northeastern, they kept it close with them. It was a you know a dozen-point game or so. Uh, but then you know Florida State won by thirty-ish. But this is a, a real team. A, a very, you know they're known as a Canadian powerhouse program. Uh, this this was the team that that was going to give Kentucky their best test, uh, in, just in terms of kind of team chemistry. Uh, they've been around together for a while. Uh, you know, this isn't just a, a team thrown together at the last second like the Dominican Republic Select team or definitely the Monterey Tech team last night. This is a a real college that's known you know known for winning games in Canada. So uh, really exciting. Uh, performance and exciting game that we're going to be able to witness on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think this will be obviously the best game of the three. Uh, now, I don't know, like, I'm not going to put a, a total on what I think Kentucky will win by, but I do think that there will be some things that are that happened in this game that didn't happen in the first two, or they're going to get a little bit more stiffer competition, especially a step up from what they played on Thursday. Uh, now, that's a really good interview where we talk to him. He's going to take you through and, and kind of tell you about this Carlton team. And then he's going to tell us about kind of what he sees from Kentucky and then the length, the athleticism. It's the, the takeaways that we have are the same takeaways that everybody else has about this team. They're just overwhelming size and length has been the story coming out of the Bahamas. And I think that's going to be the case as we go throughout the season and get into December and January as well. Well, awesome. Let's jump right into it, Sean, before uh, let tell fans where they can find your work. You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Find me on Twitter as well, at Jack Pilgrim, KSRE, check to me via email, at JPilgrim, at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, let's head to our interview with Coach Taffy Charles of Carleton University. Happy to be joined by Coach Taffy Charles of Carleton University. Very excited to have you on. Uh, Coach, just kind of how excited are you for this experience? I mean, again, I'm an old guy, so um, you know, I'm excited for the guys on our team. I think the biggest thing is the guys on the team. You know, I used to play, and I used to get excited about these things. Now I'm the coach, so you know, again, I just want to prepare for them to be the, to do the best they possibly can. So, uh, again, I, I'm excited for the the opportunity that the guys are going to have on the basketball team. Well, uh, you guys are kind of known as the uh, the giant killers. You guys have a long history of keeping it close with with teams and even beating uh, some high majors and, and, you know, how have you developed that reputation and it just kind of, what does it mean to you guys as a program that that's the reputation you do have? Well, I guess it probably got us here. That's probably the biggest thing. It probably got us here. I mean, you know, when Kentucky is looking for a uh, high level competition, you know, again, we played Florida state last week, you know, the same thing, you know, and then we're playing Oregon at the end of this month as well. So, you know, we got a kind of a, a top schedule of guy and top you know, power five uh, conferences uh, that want to play us. You know, we played Syracuse a couple of years ago. So, Again, until we're used to it, um, again, you know, we we have a certain advantages in terms of you know kids are a little bit older, maybe a little bit more continuity um, than maybe these big programs, you know, who have only guys who are there initially one or two years. So you know, again, take that to our advantage. And again, we just you know, we pride ourselves in terms of being as hardworking team and uh, uh, a team that you know technically you know works really hard at its craft and uh, you know having uh, playing playing a five person game of basketball on both offense and defense. Why do you kind of build such a schedule like this? You know, obviously just just for uh, competitive reasons, but it, it kind of feels like you guys go out of your way to schedule uh, basically anybody 
anybody of substance ready to play you guys, you, you're, it seems like you're always ready to, to step on that floor with them. Yeah, I mean, again, this prepares us for our own schedule, right? So we have a schedule that we have, you know, sort of like in the SEC, right? So, But we have our own schedule, our own conference schedule. So if we can play as many games as we possibly can before our schedule actually hits in November, you know, it gives us our guys, our young guys, a lot of experience, just similar to this this kind of tour that you guys have every four years. You want to see what, you know, and look underneath the hood and see who, who you have and what, what you're going to have for the new year and kind of get them give them a head start so yeah as, as long as we get a head start and play against high level competition obviously you want to make sure that you want to try and win every game that you actually play but also you got to keep it in perspective in terms of um you know again it's not necessarily the goal right now for instance we have guys who are injured right now it's august right so we got to be careful that you know are they really injured in august but you know because our schedule doesn't start till november so mm -hmm. you know you'd like to have them available but they're not so but again we want to take the advantage of the opportunity and somebody else is gonna have to step up so we're gonna looking forward to seeing that i guess in terms of your team you guys have just the the history behind your all's program uh win just about every game that you guys play just uh tell fans a little bit about the program itself and just kind of how you guys have developed that reputation of you know with within your all's own conference and and uh your your normal game schedule yeah i mean again i used to play at carlton and then um i know uh i'd say dave smart who started this whole thing um you know, again, he had a vision in terms of, you know, high level in terms of you know, how he thought, you know, the game should be played and, you know, not putting us, putting, but just again, not, not, not limiting ourselves in terms of, um, you know, the exposure that you can have within your own country and then also exposure you can have nationally. So that's probably the biggest thing is not, not thinking outside the box, not just putting ourselves in the, hey, you know what, why can't we consider ourselves one of the best player, but teams in, in, in Canada and also in North America versus just talking about putting ourselves in a place where we know we're the best team in Canada. You know, if we shoot for the stars and think about trying to be the, one of the best teams in North America, then obviously the byproduct would be, you know what, hopefully we'd be one of the best teams in Canada. So something that he thought about many years ago, I've been trying to keep, you know, I, I was with him the first five national championships we won. I started coaching the women's basketball team at uh, at Carleton for about 12 years. And then now this is my fourth year back with the men's team, trying to keep the same tradition going. Uh, in terms of this team in particular, uh, you said you're a little bit banged up, but just for you know, fans ex looking to, to uh, insight on what this team is going to look like, what, who Kentucky is going to be playing, just uh, you know, kind of share your knowledge with uh, uh, what, what your team looks like. Well, we have two really good shooters, Aiden Warnholtz. He's our, our senior uh, captain. Uh, I want to say captain because we don't have captains, but senior leader at our team. Um, you know, again, he's point guard, really good, handles the ball well, very smart player. Um, really, really runs the team for us in terms of how we're well, getting his stuff in, into to, to certain sets and, and, and again, just his knowledge of both, both ends of the floor. So we're going to be depending a lot on him in this game. And then, uh, you know, we've got Connor Breakin, who again is another veteran guy who can really shoot the ball. So these guys can really shoot the basketball. I, I would, I put them against shooter wise against almost anybody, right? So again, we're going to shoot, we're going to use those guys. We space the floor well with our post play, post game, um, uh, and our spacing, you know, again, when we put the ball on the ground, you're going to see four of the people moving at all times. It's a bottom line. You will see four of the people moving at all time. If four of the people aren't moving at all time when we put the ball on the ground, then we'll be in trouble, right? So, yeah, we're going to try and move the ball around, kind of attack, move the ball around. You know, Kentucky's defense probably going to not, you know, like any defense, the first time around is going to be pretty tough. Second time around will be, you know, again, uh, you know, not as tough. And the third time around, we'll see where they're at, right? So I think bottom line is we got to get them to second and third rotations. If we can get them to the second, third rotation regularly, Obviously, we'll have a shot, right? If we're not, if we're not, you know, if we're not, if we're turning the ball over and we're taking one and done because we haven't really manipulated the defense, then yes, we'll be in trouble for sure. So that's something definitely I need to look for.
Coach, this time of year, you're trying to learn some things about your team. What are a few things that you have learned about your team this early in the summer, in the season? I've learned, first of all, we're, we're very young, and I've learned that we also don't know how to play defense. So that's probably the two things that I've learned, right? So I think the biggest thing is, and I'm sure Coach K, could, uh, Coach Calipari could tell you, you got to manage your expectations, right? Because again, they're young, they're young players, right? And I'm sure like University of Kentucky, similar to us in, in, in one sense in, in Canada, is that you have these massive expectations of how you're supposed to play. And every time you put up, you, you play a game, something expected of you, expected great results, expected great, you know, you bring in new guys and they're supposed to do all these awesome things. The reality is it's a team. And these guys haven't, I've seen they have a couple of rookies. They have not played with the team. This is the first two or three games they play with the team so the coach are trying to figure out what are these guys going to do within the team they're good players but how are they going to play within the team I'm trying to figure that out and similarly for us we got a lot of new players within canada we probably got some of the best recruits in canada but the reality is is we haven't played that much together so you know we've got to learn the communication factor what's expected of them you know how do you play hard um uh often right and that and really the communication level so i think the brumby thing is you'd see with young kids is it's just a communication they just don't communicate as well as you'd like and veteran teams do right and i think that's what that that's only the one thing i'd say is we got to work much harder on our communication level got to work much more harder on our, our our fundamentals defensively and again we just we, again we, we just got to learn how to share the basketball better and in, in, in space properly and and when it comes to Kentucky, when you turn on that tape and you look at them, what are a couple things that stand out to you about this Kentucky team? Well, again, I mean, obviously they um, oh athletic at, at the front court. Their front court's pretty athletic, right? With uh, with Collins and uh, and uh, Toppin, and then obviously Sheepway. I mean, you know, he's a big, strong man. So I mean, you know, those those are the two. Those are the things that you know would concern a coach first and foremost. But also, I would say is is that. You know, you can kind of contain a post game, honestly. Like, you know, it's just the way it is. You can kind of contain a post game if all five people are on the same page. You can do a good job against a decent post, right? Even Sheepway, right? You know, can we frustrate him enough that, you know, that he starts wanting to catch the ball outside the perimeter? Right. Or is he going to, you know, have a field day inside? So I think we can control it, but that's not a one person job. That's a five person job. Right. So, you know, we got to understand as a team, it's a five person job. And I don't know if at this time of year is ever ready to do a five person job. So those are probably the biggest thing is obviously Wheeler kind of gets the ball going with them with, with, you know, in terms of his pace, you know, not only on makes, but misses, you know, he, he pushes the ball pretty well. And, you know, I don't know much about the two, the two rookies, but they look like they're talented guys. Right. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they, uh, how, you know, Again, not a lot of tape on them. And then obviously the transfer guy's a good player too. So um, you know, again, they're they're trying to find their way too. And you know, we got to try to figure out, you know, you know, what they like to do more than more than others. And you know, because I'm sure they don't I don't know, you probably don't even know what scout report is on those guys. So um, but again, you know, again, I think it's for front court probably the biggest thing with Kentucky. Uh their length in the front court, probably got to take some, you know, again, they're they're trying to challenge everything at the three-point line. We like to shoot threes. So we're probably gonna have to take that extra, uh, you know, be ready to shoot it. You know, if we can't shoot it, then they'll put it down, get get some space and going, right? And make them make them rotate, make their young guys rotate two or three times to see what happens. This team's known, especially the backcourt in particular, it's known for its pace, kind of pushing, uh, pushing things and, and uh, you know, getting out ahead. How do you kind of plan on, on slowing that down? Is that a, are you trying to muck things up? Are you kind of getting into a track, track meet with them? 
how do you plan on going through? Well, I, I think the biggest, I don't want to say misconception is, is like, yeah, if you turn the ball over, it will be a track meet, right? You know, and it's going to go one way. The floor will be tilted one way, right? <laughs> so the biggest thing you want to make sure you're doing is taking quality shots, taking quality shots, not turning the basketball over. You're taking quality shots, not turning the basketball over. Our defense transition will be more than fine, right? What the problem is when you start turning the ball over, going sideways, block shots, uh, you, know, you know, steals, like that's the problem, right? So as long as we have quality offense, this shouldn't be an issue. It won't be a track meet. But again, if we do, like everything else, if they start getting in there, then they're more athletic than us. You know, you get athletes out in space, it's going to be trouble, right? So we just got to make sure that they're pulling the ball out of their basket more than we are allowing, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, live ball turnovers and them having two on ones. And, you know, again, that'll be a, a show for, you know, the fan, the Kentucky fans, that that's going to happen regularly. I guess in terms of, you know, the behind the scenes, give us a how this game got scheduled, you know, how those phone calls went. Did Coach Cal call you and say, uh, you know, we we like what you what, what you guys do. We'd really uh, love to see you guys down here. You know, did you guys reach out? How, how did those conversations go? Definitely didn't reach out. I think there's a guy that's on their staff that's, um, I think, Canadian or knows Coach K and uh, or not on their staff, but somebody who puts on these these shirts and the reductions, right? So he just basically knew, you know, what we've done in Canada talk to coach k and say hey you know what we got a time you know they actually he's heard of us i've never talked to coach k i don't even know if he's actually coaching the game so i mean i've never talked to him so again i think they, you know yeah sure it's a really decent level competition let's see it right so again that was a third party that was organizing it right organize this whole trip and i think within that they organized the, the venue the teams that are playing you know, and again, they asked us if we wanted to do it, you know, you know, back and forth a little bit. And obviously we wanted to step up to the challenge and uh, no, we're happy to be here for sure. Just how excited is the team to, you know, be down here, be a part of this, goof off at the water slides and have a good time. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, just kind of be a part of something of this magnitude. I don't know if they've gone to the water slides yet, but, uh, you know, and again, I, you know, again, I just think, you know, they're young guys. And I think the biggest thing is, is how do we get them to understand it, you know, be happy about the opportunities that they've got? Because not a lot of teams get these opportunities, but at the end of the day, too, you're here for a reason, right? So we got to make sure that we're, we're playing, you know, we're playing at a high level. I don't mind working hard, playing hard. Um, you know, again, sometimes you got a younger team. I think, you know, they don't really understand the work hard, play hard thing, right? So, again, we just got to kind of get them to understand that obviously i want them to enjoy themselves enjoy the good weather enjoy the you know being in a different spot but you know at the end of the day you know we want to make sure that we're getting better so you know at the end of the day we want to get better at the end of this game we can get better um you know, we'll, we'll, you know and, and take the advantage of the opportunity and playing against high level competition that's what we're going to do sean did anything else you have for coach i'm good coach taffy thank you so much for joining us it was a, a very good time and uh, look forward to tomorrow's game thank you guys take care Oh,